Hi, my name is Emma. Hi, my name is Xavier, and we would like to welcome you to Curious Conversations, a podcast for kids, by kids. It's a podcast where we have conversations with adults and kids from all walks of life to learn about their passions and what inspires them, which we know will inspire us and hopefully inspire you, too. Why else, you might ask? Well, we love to ask questions. We are twins, and we just turned 11, and we have over a decade of experience being kids and having a point of view on many topics. We thought a podcast would be a great way to learn something new and explore our interests in a different way, so we thought, why don't we give it a try? Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy holidays. Whatever you're celebrating, we hope you have a joyous time with lots of fun and laughter with your family and friends. Welcome to our final episode of Season 1 of Curious Conversations. We've had so much fun sharing our conversations we had with our awesome guests this season. But we are going to take a break after this episode. Don't worry, we won't be gone for long. We'll be back with Season 2 in early 2022. Can you believe it? It's almost 2022? We already have some cool guests lined up for Season 2. Thank you for being a part of our first season. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. On today's episode, we welcome Ron Clark local school director at our school, St. John's Kilmarnock. Mr. Clark is new to the school this year, and we are looking forward to getting to know him better. Hi. Hi, Mr. Clark. Hello. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Good, Thank you. We're excited that you're here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And we're going to just jump straight into the questions. Is that okay? Yeah, that's totally fine. So, welcome to SJK. How have your first couple months been here? It's been awesome. It's been uh, it's been great. Love being at the school. Um, found the learning curve to be really big. Just uh, learning a brand new school and how everything works and uh, PYP and the new staff and the students and um, but overall it's been super exciting and I'm really eager to learn more as we move on. It's a on. really fun school once you get to know it. So we have been at SJK longer than you. So is there anything about the school that you've heard about? You don't know what it is and you want us to tell you about? Ah, wow. That's a very interesting question there, Emma. Um, yeah, I would, you know, it would be interesting uh, to know the fact that, you know, we seem to be locked in with COVID and how things would have been had COVID not been here, Right. Yeah, so some um it, it would definitely have looked a bit different. Um the first day of school would have been a lot more chaotic. Uh the opening ceremony instead of you doing it in groups, you would have probably packed up and like we'd been packed mm-hmm. together and they would have called us up to our classrooms and we figured out a teacher them. Um and then Halloween we'd be doing the grade sixes would be doing a haunted house, except it would be in a classroom. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we'd be doing uh, looking for Dracula live in person, and a thriller dance, which we haven't we didn't do this year. Uh, and then later in the year, there'd be this big, huge Christmas lunch. Um, it's great. So basically, we're in the dining hall, and the chefs like make this awesome lunch, and they give us cookies, and we and there's like a big buffet. Uh, that's probably one of my favorite things from the year. Nice. So we knew we we know you come from a school in Alberta. What was mm-hmm. your old stu- school like? 
Well, uh, the old school that I am from, so uh, Rundle College has, uh, sorry, my phone is ringing. That's fine. It's okay. It's going to happen, I guess. Um, yeah, so Rundle College uh, is in Calgary, Alberta. It started back in 1985, so it's a little bit younger than SJK. Um, the student body was about uh, 1,100 students when I I headed out in June, and when I first started at Rundle, it was um, well back in 1995, and there was uh, fewer than 300 students uh, in all of the school, and um, I taught drama and social studies, and then I became the principal of the elementary school eventually in the late 2009. And so I was in charge of a four, five, and six program. So Rundle's a little bit different than SJK in the fact that SJK is more condensed. You you have all your programs within one building. Rundle was spread out actually um, across um, Calgary. We had schools in the in the north and south and east and west, literally. And uh, in addition to that, once. Um, once we were able to find some land, we were able to build some land. So we finally were able to amalgamate the college program, which is a program that goes kindergarten through grade 12. Um, and then along the way, we added um, uh, for students that need uh, learning support, um, our Rundle Academy. So diagnosed uh, learning uh, needs. And uh, so that program ran from uh, grade four through 12. And my son, Aaron, who just graduated this year, went through that program. And my other son, Cameron, went through the college program from actually we had uh, preschool before then um, as well. So, you know, as Rundle started to expand, it started only as a junior high. And there was only like 22 students in one classroom. And then all of a sudden it started to expand. So over the years, it went from seven, eight and nine to the junior high then we expanded up to grade 12, and then we went from four, five, and six. And then finally, our last edition was probably the primary school, and that was around 2000, I think, is when we finally made the whole um, Olive Rundle that way. So I hope that answers your question. Wow. It, that, it, doesn't, it does seem different from SJK. I didn't realize that's a cool way school could be set up. So... Many kids have to move to a new school. So what was it like for you to move to a new school? Oh, uh, very exciting. Uh, I was very nervous. Um, and, you know, it's always um, challenging because everything is new. So, you know, you want to connect with people just like students want to connect with friends. Mr. Clark wanted to connect with the teachers and with uh, Miss Baird and Miss Boughton and the office and that kind of thing. So, um, but I would say that it was um, one of the most exciting things I've done in a long time. It's because I'd been at Rundle for 27 years. So for me to come to a brand new place and the fact that I'm, you know, so far in my career, it was, uh, it was so exciting for me. Um, so I think I did feel a lot like a new student would have felt in a brand new school and, um, you know, the SJK way is to open arms and bring you on in. And that's exactly what happened. So we know that you are a drama teacher. And what was your journey to becoming a head of lower school at SJK? Hmm. That's, that's an excellent question. So how it all happened was um, 
very early in my career. I'd been teaching probably only three or four years. I, I had the aspirations to be an administrator in a school. Um, and at that point, I'd been teaching at Rundle for a couple of years. And so I decided to do my master's degree at U of C in educational leadership. So I uh, started that program in 97, and then I was done by 2000. And at that point in time, Rundle was still very small, and there weren't very many administration positions open. So I had to uh, wait and be patient. And then uh, an opportunity came in 2002 where they were looking for a junior high school um, assistant principal. Uh, I became the assistant principal of the junior high from 2002 to 2007. And so obviously after five years, I was starting to look for some other opportunities. And at that point in time, uh, an opportunity came knocking on the door to go work in Brazil. And so, uh, yeah, so my family and I packed up and we headed out, uh, headed down to Brazil and we worked at a PYP school, the Pan American School of Porto Alegre, down in the south part of Brazil. And uh, we taught there for a year. And then we came back and there was an opportunity for the principal of the elementary program uh, at Rundle. And that program was in a separate building, as I was telling you earlier. We were had different sites everywhere. So I was in charge of the site that was uh, in the northwest. And it was grade four, five, and six. And there was approximately 168 kids. It was just the three grades. I only had like 15 staff members. So it was very, very, very small. Um, and then I was been there, then I was principal of that school for 12 years. Um, I always said that at one point I would, once my kids had graduated, my own children had graduated from Rundle that I would start looking for other opportunities. So, um, at that point in time, I started looking at opportunities overseas. I looked at opportunities here in Ontario, um, my whole family is still here because I originally lived here way back in the 70s and the early 80s before I moved out to Calgary. And so my mom and dad are here and uh, I was excited to find the position at SJK and get hired was even more exciting. Uh, but it's nice to be here close to my mom and dad so I can go and see them and help them out. Um. So what is the favorite part of your What is your favorite part of your job? You guys. The students, they're the most exciting part of the job, certainly are. And I, I think, you know, with every job, there are, you have challenges and, and that face you when you're in a job, but then you also have things that are awesome and, and, you know, fill your cup full of excitement and joy. And, and uh, that's the students. And, you know, I love doing drama presentations like we did the Remembrance Day. That stuff's awesome. I love doing that kind of thing. Uh, doing the announcements with you guys, there's a lot of fun. So I, I find great joy in, in watching all of the students grow and participating in different and supporting different events. Um, and that's the type of leader I've always been. I've, I haven't wanted to sit behind a desk. I haven't wanted to just do paperwork and type on a computer. And I've always wanted to be engaged. So I think one of the things that have allowed me to be a principal for so long is the fact that I've been in smaller schools. And uh, the fact that I've been able to run drama productions, I've been able to run students council, uh, do events days, those kinds of things have really, it's, it's, it's the, it's what keeps me going for sure is the excitement and the awesomeness of the students in the building. Thank you.
Thank you. Yeah, you. It's really fun when like you or other teachers really engage with us. It's it's really really fun. So, how do you continue to learn as a principal or as a teacher? Well, that's a great, great, great question. So, this last few years, there's been lots of growth because of COVID. So, I've had to learn a lot about uh, online um, and how to teach remotely and and how to guide people that way because I didn't know very much when 2020 came along and then all of a sudden said, "Up, oh, everyone's going remote." Everyone's got to go on the computer. And I was like, what? Because I'd been so used to just being in person for so long. That was a huge growth um, for me, for sure. Um, Spent a lot of time last year learning about Ontario curriculum, uh, because obviously that was one of my plans was to come back here. So I actually went back to school and went to York University to learn um, about um, Ontario curriculum for kindergarten through grade six. And so I spent the entire year last year actually going to school, um, which was a lot of fun. So I found great growth there. Uh, and I do love to read. And uh, I'm an audiobook person, so I don't tend to sit down. I do have some hardcover things like Benet Brown's book here. But um, I, I do like listening to audiobooks, and uh, that's another way that I learn. I do love to read as well, except I'm more of a person who likes to actually read the book. I I find the audiobook is challenging because when I read, I kind of, I don't know, it, it's my mind kind of, my mind kind of wanders when I'm reading the words mm-hmm. on the page. So, but um, you also mentioned that you had to learn about the Ontario mm-hmm. curriculum. What's the difference between the, like the different provinces and the curriculum? So there are big differences. Uh, yes. In some ways. Um, there's big differences and in some ways they're, they're the same. It's just, it's sort of at different times that they're introduced to different concepts. So literacy and numeracy are, are, are pretty standard. You need to know how to write and you need to how to read and you need mathematical skills. And those are all on particularly math is a, a very scope and sequenced build on the skills as you move up through the different grades. Um, you see a little bit different with PYP because it's different um, but the Ontario schools have things like history and geography and uh, that kind of thing. Whereas in Alberta, it's called social studies. So the main strands in elementary school where I was, uh, where I was in charge of. So they had uh, English language arts, which is literacy. They had numeracy, mathematics. They had social studies. And then they had science. We also taught French uh, as well. But the French program here is a little bit more um, robust. And what I mean like that, there's you, you get more instruction of um, French actually here in Ontario than we have out in, in Alberta. So I would say, you know, um, when it comes to the skills that you're learning, the skills seem to be quite similar. It's just at which points in time of entry are you entering to, to the different types of concepts. That doesn't make sense. You don't really want to rush the kids if they're like learning something else and then they learn thing like a thing where their uh, curriculum. So I like audiobooks as well. I listen to all types of books. Um, what are you listening to right now? Uh, great leaders ask good questions. That seems like mm-hmm. an interesting book. Yeah, it is. It, it's. Um, I've just started it actually. <laughs> So I'm not too far into it, um, but the author of the book is the one that's actually reading it to us, which is great. And he just talks about, you know, you have to make sure you're asking um, really great questions and you have to ask the right questions. 
So hoping to learn a little bit more about that as uh, as time goes on. Um, some of the um, some of the past reads that I've had that I've really enjoyed, um, Tangled, um, which is a professional read. It's just about um, development of um, of adolescent girls and how they work from one to another. It was a fabulous book. Um, I list, I did a lot of um, child psychology books or things that I'm really interested in, um, uh, particularly Dr. Leonard Sachs. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Uh, he has a, a variety of different um, books um, talking about, um, you know, the development of boys, development of girls and how that all looks and talks about the societal pressures on how it is. Uh, I read the biz, the big disconnect, which is about technology and um, how to use technology properly with children. So I would say that a lot of the stuff that I do read is is directly related to um, you know my job and supporting students in my building, and that's how I do that. Um, if I am just doing sort of what I call a brain candy kind of read, um, I don't know if you guys know Terry Brooks. Um, he did the sort of Shannara series. I, I like fantasy novels. Um, I have read quite a few Stephen King novels. Uh, David Badalshi is another person I like to read. James Rollins. They're kind of like uh, science thrillers kind of things where, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, truth to what they're saying, but it's really a lot of fiction that goes along with it. So I find that really, really intriguing. And that goes, as you all know, along with my lines of I love science fiction, Star Wars, Star Trek Marvel, you name it, that kind yeah. of stuff that you all know. Yeah, we we do like science fiction. I I do like like the Marvel universe and the truth behind it. I like the Star Wars universe. So we talked a bit about IB education on a previous episode with Anna Fabriga, but do you ex- how do you explain IB and what are some things that are different from IB an IB school to a more traditional school? Oh. I would say that how it's how you approach education, period. I think, you know, with the inquiry based uh, model that the um, IB program provides is awesome and it's fabulous. You know, sometimes when you're stuck with a particular curriculum, you're stuck in a pigeonhole in which you need to follow through, through things. Like when you've got your central ideas and uh, the themes that go along with IB, it allows the students to explore all kinds of different areas. So you're not saying, okay, everybody, you are going to learn this. You're going to learn about canoes. And then you have to learn everything about a canoe. Rather than the that, you're saying, okay, we're going to look at transportation. Woo! And there's so much in behind that. And it allows the students to explore uh, the different types of things that they're very interested in. So you give like them broader topic and they can see yeah. what interests them yeah. in that I topic. Think it's, it's I'm like, yeah, that's a mm-hmm. good idea. Yeah. When is the time that you failed or didn't get something right? And what do you learn from that experience? Hmm. Uh, where do you want me to draw the failure from? Do you want it actually in school? Anywhere. Anything. Anywhere. Anything. Okay. Anything. Um, so I used to be uh, a competitive swimmer way back in the day. And I swam out in Calgary and I swam for the University of Calgary Dinos program. And there was a particular year um, that um, I was very close to making several Canadian national teams. And so the first one was the, was the Pan American Games. And the 
um, championships for nationals to qualify to go uh, was in uh, February. So I went and I trained really hard and um, I made the final to be able to go. And then I ended up coming fifth rather than fourth. And I only missed the spot of the, you know, the, the team going down there by five tenths of a second. So that was a little sad. So I was really disappointed and I failed in what my goal was going to be, but I didn't give up. I'm like, okay, that's, that, that's fine. I'll, I'll take, take that and I'll move forward and then I'll try to make the Pan Pacific team. So the Pan American team um, went and uh, I think it was in Cuba, they went and they competed against the the Americas. But then there's the Pan Pacific team that competes against Asia, like China and Japan and um, all the Pacific uh, Rim countries, Australia included. And so those trials were coming up. And so I tried, um, once again, I trained really hard and I got there and I made the final. uh, And then I missed that team by two tenths of a second. So really, really, really close. Um, So, you know, I I didn't, I failed in what I wanted to be able to do. And, you know, um, but I wasn't discouraged. You know, sometimes when you don't produce what you think you can do and you're thinking that it's, you know, um, you just didn't, weren't able to get there, it's hard. And it was really self-defeating and you have to, and you have to work through it and you have to persevere through it. And you've got to be, you got to find that nugget that helps you through it all. So the Olympics were coming up uh, the following year. So I knew that, um, you know, I wanted to do my best that I could to see if I could try and make the Olympic team. It was a, it was a long shot, but um, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't dissuade me from um, trying to continually try hard and, and move forward with things. So it was, you know, it was a really hard thing, but I, you know, it's, it's one of the, one of the things that are a testament to not giving up and, and moving forward. So translate that into everyday life. Right. And, and things don't go my way all the time and yeah. they're not, not really supposed to. And, but it's, how do I, how do I deal with that failure? How do I deal with that resistance and that adversity that, that exists and, and how do I get through that and persevere it? And I think that's one of the best skills you can have is being able to fall down and be able to pick yourself up. Do you still like swim occasionally? Do you still like watching swimming in the Olympics and things like that? Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. And they have an international swimming league over in Europe, which I like to watch. It's super fast. And then I swim myself. I swim with the master's program in Kitchener. Very thankful that I'm able to swim and I feel very privileged because it's, you know, it's, I haven't been able to do that for a while. Um, if you'd like to, we have a, an episode talking to an Olympian swimmer. Her name's Jane oh. Kerr Thompson. It's a really nice episode. Jane Kerr, I know Jane yeah. Kerr. <laughs> um, really? Do you okay? Mm-hmm. Really? We're, we're Facebook friends. Yep. That's really cool. And she married a guy I know named Max Thompson. Wow. I know. Small world. <laughs> so, what does success mean to you? What does success mean to you? Well, I think success is, it varies for the individual because I think sometimes what my success is could be different than what yours is or um, the other person that lives down the road. There's, their definition of success is different. I think when you set your mind to something and you try and you work your best to get there, I think that that's a successful thing. Sometimes you won't get there and sometimes you do, um, you know, and everybody has different dreams and goals of what they want to do. And if they're able to get there, no matter what that is, I would define that as success. I mean, even the failures I had when I swam, I, I still think 
their successes because it taught me lessons that I could use later on in life. So. Yeah, and, you know, maybe if you had made those teams, you wouldn't be where you are today, so. Yeah, maybe. So yeah. true. Who, who or what inspires you and why? Who inspires me? What and why? Um, well, there's many things that inspire me. Um, uh, I'm inspired by people who um, go above and beyond and test the limits. I love people who are kind. I've been a big believer in that. I spent many years working at the Calgary Drop-In Center um, where I was to serve food to the homeless people and um, did that forever. I was a regular there on Sunday nights. You know, those people are very inspirational to me. I think, you know, um, when it comes to uh, figures in my life that have been inspiration, I think um, one of my English teachers in high school was an inspiration to me because she was there for me when I needed support and help. And she was, you know, she was there to help me. And um, that inspired me to make sure that, you know, I was there to help and support other people. Um, I think there's those people in your life that you see, um, you know, that, that take a look at you and have beliefs in you. And uh, one of my former coaches, Cliff Berry, just passed away a few, a couple of months ago. And he was a huge inspiration because he took a chance on me um, uh, to invite me to come swim for his swim club. And I think by him accepting me to do that, I went further than I ever could have with my swimming if I had not had him in my life. So um, lots of different inspirations along the way. Um, so we had a great time talking to you. Thank you so much. Before we go, do you have any questions for us? Not at all. I just think this is really cool, curious conversations. And uh, congratulations on starting such a wonderful thing. And I wish you guys all the best with that. And I guess I'll be seeing you guys quite soon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yep. Thank you. All right, Thank you so, so much. Thanks so much. Take care. Yeah, bye. bye. That was fun getting to know a bit more about Mr. Clark. One of the best things I learned from this podcast was how he started as a drama teacher and moved his way up to the lower school director of our school and other schools. He also talked about swimming and how he was an athlete before, and I found that very interesting, and how his failures kind of drove him away from swimming and led him to where he is today. Thanks again for joining us on Season 1 of Curious Conversations. Check back in the new year for the start of Season 2. And Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. And Happy Holidays. Have a great holidays, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening, and I know all the shows you listen to probably say this, but please rate the podcast and download the episode. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That'll be in the show notes. And if you want to say hi to us, we'd love to connect with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Curious Conversations. Bye!